Hi everyone. I hope everybody is having a nice vacation. If you're on vacation, I hope everybody has a great holiday. So today I am here to tell the essentials of my story. So here we go. So let me start from baby stages. Now, I was born with glaucoma and I had several surgeries within my first few months of life and I had a cornea transplant when I was five years old and it did not take so I lost a majority of my left eyes usable vision I had a little bit of light perception and some movement until my I want to say my high school years but going back to childhood for a minute I was not raised any different So I didn't know I was different until probably about age five was when I started to realize that I was different. And we lived in New Jersey at the time, and I had a few friends, because when you're really, really little, like kindergarten, preschool, kids aren't quite as rough on you. But then we moved to Maryland. My dad got a really great job, and we moved to Maryland. I was five going, I was six years old when we moved to Maryland. And I had a couple of friends, but I was bullied every day by a lot of the kids on the playground. So I did not like school. And I was very angry that I was different. I was angry for years about being different. I was okay with being Jen, but I was not okay with being blind. So that definitely, definitely shined out. And uh, it was obvious that I was angry about it for a long, 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 long time. Throughout a lot of my scholastic years. Until I reached, I want to say eighth grade. I uh, lived with my mom for some of elementary school. Then I lived with dad because they did split up uh, shortly after we moved to Maryland. And so I lived with both parents. I lived with dad from, I want to say, third, the middle of third grade until seventh grade. And then in seventh grade, my dad had said that they were going to move to New Jersey so that my stepbrother could be closer to his father. And they said, you're welcome to come with us or you can stay with your mom if your mom can make that happen. I wanted to stay with mom. I needed mom at that time in my life. Adolescence is hard. and So I stayed with mom from eighth grade until I graduated high school. I dated in high school. I was social. I did a couple of school plays. I did talent shows. I had fun. High school was great. It was hard in its own way. But as far as socialization, I was a lot better off than in middle school. I hated middle school. Boy, did I hate middle school. So anyway, I graduated high school. And then I got accepted into a program for blindness training at the Colorado Center for the Blind. It's known as the Independence Training Program. I went there 
for seven months. And it was the best decision I could have made for myself. I can always learn to do more things, no matter what stage of my life I'm in. But I really expanded on what I already knew and grew more comfortable with cooking, with cleaning, with traveling, with my cane, taking buses and trains. So it was a really, really good choice for me to do that. And it was good for me to go out of state because it would be harder for me to go home. Um, so it, it pushed me to see it through and finish. So I graduated in, at the end of July and came back home and took a few months to just kind of be on my own. And well, I was dating a guy who the following year decided to break it off and we had been together for two and a half years and that included my training months so we did the long distance thing which was tough uh, but anyway I don't want to get into relationship type stuff too much but we broke up in uh, February of 2009 so then I spent some time on my own focused on school I moved in with my sister for a while, which was great. It really taught me a lot of things because, you know, she said, okay, we're going to have you pay some rent. Not a ton of rent, but just a little bit. So you get used to doing that for the future. So we did that and I helped, helped with groceries and all that stuff. So I rented her basement. So it was nice. I had I had space of my own, but I had somebody that I was close to nearby. So I lived with April and then we moved to Colorado in 2010 because that's where I wanted to be. I knew that after training there that I wanted to live in Colorado. I fell in love with it. The transportation was great in the Denver metro area. So we moved, and it wasn't just for me. April and her husband and my dad at the time moved to, you know, just sort of do something different. But anyway, we moved in 2010, and I got a summer job at the Colorado Center for the Blind, which is where I met my husband. We were both summer counselors, and we were very quiet about dating at first because we were working with teenagers and so we weren't going to be all over each other and gross about it. But at the end of the summer, he went back to Louisiana. So I was not sure where it was going to go just because long distance is hard. And I was in Maryland for two weeks working a program for children teaching them Braille, doing crafts. It's a really fun program. It's called BELL, Braille Enrichment Literacy and Learning. And it's for children to learn Braille and just play with other blind children. And it was It's really fun. I did a couple of those. So I was working that program, and both of us got a call, and we got offered the jobs that we still have now. So Sean was able to come back to Colorado, 
and we will be able to blossom and get closer. We dated and got engaged in 2011, and then we got married in 2012. We lived at the student apartments because Sean was the residential manager at the time. And in 2013, Sean transferred into what is known as home management, which is cooking, cleaning, organizing, budgeting, that kind of stuff. That way we would be able to move into a house of our own. We got our first house which wasn't terribly far from the student apartment, so we were able to be of assistance if we needed to. And so we had that house and lived there for three and over three years we were there. Now, within those three years, a lot happened. Um, first, 2014, I started writing my first book, The Starlet of Passion, and I was really excited about it. I was going to write this book and publish it and this, that, and the other thing. And then I found out I was pregnant, and so that was a distraction. I could have still written. What was the bigger distraction was the pregnancy not taking. It was what is known as an ectopic pregnancy. And that is where the egg is fertilized, but it never leaves the fallopian tube and it continues to grow, which is very dangerous. That can kill you. And I remember vividly around midnight on September 30th of that year, I woke up in a lot of pain and I woke Sean up called my sister and my sister said you got to get to the hospital so we go to the hospital and they do an ultrasound and the first hospital sent me home said it might be an ectopic pregnancy but we're not sure so give it a couple of days bad move I'm not going to name the hospital but anyway the point is they sent me home bleeding internally. So I called my doctor and I said, I don't want to wait on this. And they said, come on in, we have a cancellation. So um, I went to my doctor, they did another ultrasound and they said, no way, you have to go have surgery, you have an ectopic pregnancy. So we went to another hospital who took way better care of me. I had surgery, the pregnancy was taken care of in the sense that they removed it from the tube and sewed me up and then I was a mess for a while so it wasn't so much the pregnancy it was the loss of the pregnancy that distracted me so we gave it a rest for a while I healed I grieved and then in February of the following year I found out I was pregnant again we went to the doctor for an early ultrasound. They said, since you've had an ectopic before, you're at risk for another one. So come on in. So we go in and they did an ultrasound. They saw a sac. 
but they didn't see anything inside it. So they said, come back in a week, we may see it next week. Same thing, next week. Sack with nothing inside it. So they said, let's send you to radiology. So we go to radiology, nothing inside it. Turned out it was what is known as a blighted ovum, which is basically where the sac grows, you have symptoms, you might have nausea, you might be tired, whatever. You, you might just have no symptoms, depending on the person. I had a little nausea, um, but anyway, there was nothing inside the sack, so they uh, removed it, and again, I was a mess for a while, thinking I was never going to have a baby, and then in May of that same year, we found out about our son, and he's very healthy, and he's happy, and... He's growing and learning. He's about to turn three in February. So he just had a nice, exciting Christmas. He's doing so good. We are very blessed with him. He has his rough days, but what kid doesn't? So my advice to people, if you are thinking about trying to have children, don't worry about a schedule so much. I'm not going to get too graphic on here, but I've said this on my YouTube channel too. Just... Don't try so hard, but don't prevent it. Just let it happen. It'll happen if you just relax. So anyway, that's where we are now. We're raising our baby. We live in a different house now than where we lived when I was pregnant. And we're doing great. And I picked up writing The Starlet of Passion at the beginning of 2018. And I finished it and published it, and now I'm working on the next one. I'd always wanted to write a book, whether it was a memoir or a bio or whatever. I wanted to write a book just to say I did. At first, it started out as a bucket list type thing. Not that I'm going anywhere anytime soon. I'm not sick. But just one of those things that I wanted to do within my lifetime, however long or short that may be. And then I started to really think about the story and somebody brought it to my attention that if you're going to write fantasy, you can't really just write one book. I was like, you know, you're right. So I just had to figure out where I wanted to break the story apart and it's still forming. I mean, I still think of new things every day. The second book is nowhere near finished. But that is the essentials of my story. Um... I am, just fun facts, I am the youngest of three girls. I have nieces and nephews. I love to sing. I love to swim. Um, aside from reading and writing. I love skiing in the winter. I love rock climbing when it's warm. Kayaking is fun. So, just wanted to give you guys a little insight of me. Because when you do your author bio on your book they always tell you don't get too too personal Just maybe slide a little something in there but hey this is my podcast so if I want to tell my story I can so that's what I'm doing now but singing is still a part of my life I don't necessarily want to be famous for it um but I will still continue to do it because I, I enjoy it and it's 
therapeutic. So there you have it. All right, now the time has come for my book recommendation. Now this one is considered a younger read, but I honestly don't consider it a younger read because of certain aspects of it. It's not necessarily a hard read, but it's entitled The Midwife's Apprentice. That is one of my favorite books. It's by Karen Cushman, and I read it in the seventh grade, and I really, really loved it. It's about a midwife who used more rough practices with her patients. Um, So, I don't know if you call them patients or whatever. The women whose baby she delivered but it's it's really good I that's my recommendation I I feel like that was one of the books that really helped me to love reading aside from the Harry Potter series and I didn't necessarily despise reading but I didn't fall in love with reading until I got a little older and could really appreciate books for what they were when I was younger I kind of I found reading to be more of just something you had to do in school. Sometimes I liked the book, sometimes I didn't. But anyway, I love reading, and I have since Harry Potter and <laughs> The Midwife's Apprentice. So yes, like I said, it's not necessarily an adult read, but it's a good book. Alright, just one more little tidbit of information before we say goodbye. The audio for The Starlet of Passion is just about finished. This is a very exciting moment for me, folks, because I love audiobooks. I love Braille books as well. I love both for different reasons. But I feel like this is going to be pivotal for The Starlet of Passion and for future books because A lot of people love audio because they can listen while they do other things. We've discussed this in past episodes, but anyway, it is almost done. I will ideally be putting a link in the description of the next episode. So I'm excited. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Writing with Four Senses, and I hope you will join me next week. Next week, I'm going to discuss character development. This is J.L. Spears sharing one of my favorite quotes. It's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. Thank you for listening, take care, and God bless.